my name is Doc. I am hosting a softball tournament in June. Actually, it will be June 3rd, 4th, and 5th, the first weekend. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday event uh, to raise money for Mission 22 to help prevent veteran suicide. Because as you know, 22 veterans a day commit suicide. I personally am a Mission 22 survivor. This June will be 15 years for myself from when I tried to commit suicide. So it's just in my heart to give to Mission 22. I would love for y'all to be a part of this tournament by giving donations. I can be reached by email and it's beard, B-E-A-R-D, bash, B-A-S-H dot softball at gmail.com. I would greatly appreciate as many donations as possible. And it does not have to be $5, $10. It can be 50 cents. All proceeds will go to Mission 22. Amber, what are you drinking tonight? Well, Amanda, I have some nice, cold, fresh, delicious water. Oh, the drink of life. Well, the recordings won't be in order, but this is day two of me not drinking. Yep. I got 73 days. We are so proud of Amber because she's the drinker. The possibility that this comes out after I started drinking again is very real. (laughs) (laughs) But currently she is on day two of sobriety. Yes. Currently I'm on day two of Chosen sobriety. Right. Yes. yes. Not forced. Right. <laughs> right. Right. What are you drinking today, Amanda? Well, I am currently drinking a refreshing glass of white Zinfandel. From a box? Of course. Is there any? I mean, there is, but not for you. <laughs> fun or cheap. That's true. Either <laughs> or. Or both. Right. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell and we are here to tell them. We have found that being a service member was easy, but being a veteran can be very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Billy Joe Gillespie. She served in the United States Marine Corps from 1990 to 0151, which is basic administration. And back to the numbers. Yes. <laughs> how, how are you doing today, Billy Joe? And what are you drinking? I'm doing pretty good. And I picked up some uh, some deep Eddie sweet tea for tonight. He is a representing Texas. Can we cheers to that? Yes, we can. We can cheers. Cheers to Texas. We like it. Deep Eddie makes a good vodka, too. Yes, they do. Like all their flavors are delicious. I'm really going to have to try the sweet tea that I. It is a vodka. Yeah, it is a vodka. It'll sneak attack you for sure. I'm sure <laughs> that it will. And I can't wait to have some. And, uh, I'm that down on my list of one of the first things to drink. 73 days. You can try it. Schwartz Davidson Law is a Texas-based veteran-friendly law firm. Credit and debt is a big game and one rigged for you to lose. The system's designed to keep you in it, 
spending money and juggling different types of accounts so lenders feel more comfortable lending you money. Worse credit equals worse rates, and there's no shortage of companies trying to collect. Negative reporting is an attempt to collect a debt. So what happens when a debt collector or credit bureau makes a mistake? What happens when they refuse to fix it? That's when it's time to lawyer up with Schwartz-Davidson Law. Call the folks who started in credit restoration, got a law degree, and have been holding the credit bureau's feet to the fire to protect consumers and help you take hold of your financial future instead of letting the anxiety of it run you. How do you get a debt collector to stop calling? Let them know you've got an attorney. How do you get the best deal on a settlement? With an attorney. You don't have to break the bank to fix your credit or deal with debt collectors. Contact the attorneys at Schwartz-Davidson Law for a free consultation and let us go to battle for you. We're here when you need us. All right, Billy Joe, where are you from? And can you tell us a little bit about how your story started? I am, uh, I grew up in Lone Grove, Oklahoma, which is uh, just outside of Ardmore. Oh, okay. So you grew up not too far from Texas. Right. My, I have more friends and family in Texas than I have here in Colorado. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Oh, Ardmore is like right across the border. Now I live in Boulder, Colorado. We moved here. We moved back here when I was in high school and I uh, was recruited out of the Thornton office just um, about 20 miles, if that, from where I live now. That's cool. What are, what are the odds of that? So you yeah, I really did not think I was pushing. Growing up in Long Grove, I never heard about women in service, you know. So I really thought I was pushing the envelope when I chased down a Marine recruiter and told him I was going in. <laughs> what made you decide to, to join the Marine Corps? I didn't see college as an option. And I really didn't have any clue what I wanted to do afterwards. And I just went, you know what? Go big or go home, you know. And, and you if I'm going to piss my dad off by going in the military, might as well just really <laughs> piss him off good and go Marine Corps. <laughs> hey, cheers to pissing off your parents by joining right? the military. <laughs> by building a future. Cheers <laughs> to go big or go home. Right? Yes. Semper Fi. Semper Fi. So, so I'm, I know back then there wasn't a lot of job choices for you being a female. Um, what made you decide to go with the, the basic administration? That Probably was a compromise with my father. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know? and, and let me tell you, um, I can't sit still still today. So admin wasn't the best fit for me. <laughs> uh, luckily, I, I got um, I got attached to the ops department of my, my squadron. So I wasn't like S1 or in the adjutant's office. And in, in ops, you know, the attitude was, well, if she has a pen in her hand, she's doing her job. <laughs> so, so, I mean, the, Anything that requires her writing anything is administrative. So they would plug me into any job they needed done. This week I'm plotting maps in the bubble. Next week I'm the quota marine that's getting sent on mess duty again. You know? Well, that's cool. You kind of got to move around and do different things. Yeah. Right? It was, it was a lot more fun than when I got to... The last unit I was with, and they actually made me be administration. 
<laughs> like Who I wants to actually do their job. <laughs> right? Like, you mean I don't get to do what I want to do anymore? Like you, you don't have any holes that need dug or rifles that haven't been cleaned. That's gonna work for me. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. So all the rifle range, right? <laughs> Something, anything to get me out of the office. And like, right. got you, but please don't make me sit at this desk. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. So you were in the service at a time where women were just really starting to break into the common part of being in, in the military. So do you have a great sea story or active duty story about that that you can tell us today? My first day at MOS school, I... Um, a young Marine walked, you know, it, every time I would walk in the room, he would just automatically, he was pissed, you know, you know, and you could tell I'm what's pissing him off. I just didn't know quite what was up. Right. So I'm outside smoking. He comes out there. As soon as he sees me, he pissed off again. He pouts for a minute. And he says, can I ask you a question? Sure. They're looking for a few good men. What the fuck are you doing here? Mm. And that pretty much set my attitude for my enlistment. Every chance I got to run somebody's dick in the dirt, I was there. Oh my God, <laughs> I love you. Yes. yes, yes. You are our new hero. <laughs> We've had a couple of heroes this week. Let's. I know. Oh, that's fantastic. Can we, can we cheers to you? Yes, we're cheersing to Billy Joe. <laughs> Billy Joe. Yes. Like, we're not taking any shit from those dudes. <laughs> I mean, but in a situation like that, will you never. Know. I, you know, I've never forgotten that Marine. As a matter of fact, that is a joke. Um, what he said that day is a setup for a joke that I wrote years ago and still tell. You know, <laughs> because yeah. it just it's it's too common. Yeah. It's, it, it needs addressed just as much as, oh, thank your husband for his service. Oh, yeah. I'm yep. not married. <laughs> yep. That's still something that even in Amber and I joined in the early 2000s. And that's something that even, you know, 20 years later, we still deal with. Mm -hmm. Like if we go to the VFW or the Legion or some of those places and we're like, how do you become a member? And they're like, oh, do you want the application for auxiliary? And I'm oh, like, I, I left uh, in the American Legion in Arkansas because every uh, meeting they would just continually want to talk to me about, well, shouldn't you be in the auxiliary? Don't you want to be in the auxiliary? Yeah. You're like, well, no, no, I'm, I'm not married to one of you assholes. I'm one of you assholes. That's right. <laughs> You know? That's right. Like, I, no, I don't give me an auxiliary. I'm like, I'm the veteran. And then they're like, even now, even in modern times, there's And with my name being Billy Joe, you know, the, the tendency to call me sir uh, at the VA and stuff. You just, uh, the, oh, we, we just got a brand new VA and thank God because it has a women's clinic. At the old VA, it was it was just so normal that they would walk out, Mr. Gillespie. I'd stand up, 
I'm, I'm going to speak. <laughs> and then I would just watch him do, uh, 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 yeah. with the name like it. <laughs> right. You would think like, but it's such a common, especially in the South, like Billy Joe is such a common female name. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're not just Billy and you're not just Joe, like it's Billy Joe. And that's such a, a feminine. I would be amazed how often I have to explain to people, no, I'm not Billy. I'm Billy Joe. Yeah, Billy Joe. And then they want to know what's the difference. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the difference. Right? Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. That's incredible that even today or like what you went through and then even today it like still goes through like some of these these older mm-hmm. veterans or even the civilians that don't grasp the fact that women serve still believe that we should be part of the auxiliary and not part of the actual organization. And every, every time I go to a new one, they're like, Oh, do you want the application for the auxiliary? Like it doesn't matter every time. And I'm like, no, I'd like the application for the veteran. And they were like, well, is he with you? Yeah. And I'm like, no, (laughs) me, I'm the veteran. I served. I'm the one that has the scars from being a veteran. Like, give me the application. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh. And then they're super uncomfortable, which is amazing. Have you gone to anything black tie since you got out? Yeah. When you do, remember to wear your minis. Yes. Watch the men lose their shit yes. about you wearing your medals. Oh, man. And, you know, I... <laughs> I've, been, I've been told, you know, that's not costume jewelry. And damn right, it's not. <laughs> I earned every one of these. I earned every one. Yeah. Where are your minis, ladies? It, it, it just, it is such a wonderful conversation starter to yeah. shut these old well, fuckers down. <laughs> all you have to do to like upgrade your uniform to wear your minis is to add pearls and gloves. And that's it. And now you're on to the, the higher end uniform. And so... If you go to an event, even when you're active duty, if you go to an event and you change out your brush silver earrings for your pearl earrings and you put on white gloves and then you put on your minis, you're in proper uniform. And a lot of men in the military don't understand that that is still proper uniform and they try to check you on it. And you're like, oh, hold the phone. Oh, I know. You can pull up the regs on your phone and you don't have to walk them to the edge of its office, you know? Yeah, here, fucker. Uh, here's the regs. Right, and I was always, always looking for a reason to do something out of the ordinary. So I was 100 like I bought the high-end pearl earrings in the right size within regs, so that every navy ball and every command party and every whatever we went to that was black tie, I would switch out the brush silver for the pearls, and I would put on my heels that were within regs. And I would, I would rock it out and they would always try to check me. And I'm like, no, this is for real. Like, this is okay. And they'd be like, what? And then I would throw a roll at their face and it would be fine. <laughs> like, here's to the air force. Boom. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I hit you with that? My bad. Yeah. Sorry to slap you with the rules. You tried to pull on me, but uh, yeah. Yep. And 
sometimes I would even push it further because the guys didn't know how to measure heels. So it, more often than not, my heels were not in regs and they would have no idea. And I'd be like, no, these are two and three quarters inches. Just kidding. They're four, but I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> it would be so uncomfortable because we were, Amber and I were both air traffic controllers. And so we were able to wear heels like when we were on shore duty for our day-to-day job. And so they would be like, are those shoes in regs? And I'm like, yeah, they're two and three quarters inches. No problem. But it was fine. Like, That's because you're so short, you yeah. can get away with wearing taller heels. No I could, yeah. I'm, I'm super, Amber's not, but I'm super short. I'm like 5'2 on a good day with big hair. I'm 5'2". Yeah. yeah. I'm 5'10". 5'10". So yeah. she couldn't get away with the same kind of things that I could get away with as far as that goes. But. So when I come to Texas, just plan on wearing my, my higher boots around you, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do I make you uncomfortable, Amanda, when you're around me because I'm taller? Nope. No, but I just, I do like to see more than the chin. <laughs> I like to look my friends in the eye when I'm talking. There you go. <laughs> I won't crouch down to, to get to eye level with you, though. <laughs> we, I just, Good, because that, that just makes it awkward. <laughs> like, I just make her sit in a chair, and then we're the same height. My yeah. senior drill instructor at, in boot camp was six foot seven. Ooh, my. I have a picture of me standing next to her on our graduation day. Honest to God, I look like a child playing dress up next to this woman. I wasn't sure. <laughs> she was a lady and she was six foot seven. That's crazy. She was amazing and she was a beast. Yeah, she was huge. <laughs> but she was just she was a beast of a woman. You're like, Ooh. you just want to follow her around taking notes. Like, yes. This yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This is the way. <laughs> That's amazing. We would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website, www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. Do you have another story that you can tell us today? I don't, I don't know how much fun you guys had off base when you were overseas. Oh, but I have to say, I, I really enjoyed playing Where Does This Road Go? Where does this road <laughs> Where does this road go? I mean, Ooh. I was on Okinawa. If you get lost, you can make it home. <laughs> it's not that big, you know. Uh, at, the, at the widest point, it's 12 miles. I so, want to go there so bad. Yeah, Japan is on my list, too. Oh, you know, when I was, I went digging through some photos that I brought back from my mother's um, and I found a photo of my favorite beach. So thanks for causing me to dig for those old pictures of when yeah. I was kid because I found that the, the picture of this beach where I swear to you, I spent more Saturdays there than anywhere else on the island, just watching the kids sit around the tide pools fishing for shrimp. Oh my and, God. You know, yeah. I sat stared at that that photo for 10 minutes having great memories. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, sometimes a photo can bring back all kinds of memories. Oh yeah. 
Were you only, is that, was that your only duty station was Okinawa? I was in Okinawa. That was my first duty station. And my last one was Camp Lejeune. Okay. So, yeah. um, My dad had told me one time when I was a kid that he joined the army to get out of Oklahoma and they sent him to Fort Sill. So, (laughs) I was like, well, I don't want to end up in Fort Carson if I'm trying to get out of Colorado. So... I went for something that landlocked states wouldn't have. <laughs> so out of those two duty stations, did you have a favorite one? I really enjoyed Okinawa. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Outer Banks was amazing, but oh yeah, I, I really tried to stay in Okinawa. Yeah. I don't blame you. I, I really, I could have enjoyed so much more. I, I only got to learn half of what I wanted to about the culture and everything, you know. Um, Have you ever thought of going back? Oh, actually, I I uh, saw an opportunity to try to sign up for some shows on the bases. And Ooh, that's exciting. It, it didn't pan out, but man, I sure tried. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll try again if that ever pops up again. Saying, once all this COVID stuff is done, you might have an opportunity again. Oh, you know, the hurricane parties and deployments and so forth taught me how to sit and make good use of my time. Yes. So, uh, yeah, my hustle has been strong. (laughs) I I was like, okay, typhoon party. I know how to do this. You know, I'm watching people bragging about drinking at 10 in the morning, but first time. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm in since I've been through three week long parties. I know how to do this, you know. <laughs> and then the three week week long turn into what is it been ten months now? Yeah, ten. No, yeah, ten. February, huh? February, yeah. yeah. Going into number eleven, we're almost at a year. I was in the middle of a tour. I would. I was supposed to be coming home to do one show. I, I was doing a TV pilot that weekend and bouncing back out, headed for Youngstown, Ohio the next week, right? I arrive in town on Tuesday. Everything's kind of, you know, the grocery stores are empty, but everything's still open. By Friday, it was quit promoting. We can't have any guests. By the time we wrapped on Sunday afternoon, the world had shut down. Yeah. And this amazing tour that I had lined up, I just one by one erased all what I had planned for the Mm summer. Yeah. That's so tough. Yeah. I had a summer of festivals lined up. Like I was finally at a point in my life in 2020 where I was like, I have the time, I have the cash, I'm doing this gypsy kind of lifestyle and I'm going to hit all these festivals I always wanted to go to. And I still, I just keep rolling over the tickets, hoping that one day like they'll open back up because every one of them was canceled. And they're like, well, we can give you a refund or you can roll over your tickets. And I'm like, just keep rolling over my tickets because when I can go back to a festival, I'm going to be there. Right. And then you don't have to shell out the money again. Right. Exactly. It's already spent. Like I don't miss it at this point. So I just keep rolling over my tickets and I'm like, one day I'm going to be able to go to all these. <laughs> Cause I did, I had like hangout. I had Bonnaroo. I had like a local Texas festival. Like I was ready. And I'll let you know when I get on one of the comedy festivals down there. 
Yeah. Yes. No, and we will be there to support you. Oh, most definitely. I will. I don't, wherever in Texas, as long as it's not West Texas, I'll be there. <laughs> I don't care. Not into the oh, desert no. part of it, huh? No. I, Keep it I, green. Like, yes. so I'll talk, I'll travel anywhere in the United States or even out of the country to come see you because that gives me a reason to go. For sure. Well, she'll bring me with her. So, wherever you are, we'll go. But I prefer <laughs> when you come well, to Texas that it's not in West Texas. I had, you know, what did I cancel? Um, I had stuff in Dallas and Houston. Ooh, and a bar show in Tyler. Where do you in Tyler? Uh-huh. That's like twenty. I didn't get into the club in Tyler. I'm still trying. But yeah, yeah. Amber, you got a hookup out there? Shit, no. I wish I did. Oh. <laughs> My cousins are cool, but they don't have any hookups at the comedy club. I tried. Yeah. Like, you don't know nobody? <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I mean, give us a couple of weeks, we might be able to find one. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Have you traveled all over the United States? A lot of it. I just started hitting the road for comedy two years ago. So, oh. so far, I think it, I've up to 14 states I've done comedy in. Nice. So, I'm getting there. So, we have a million-dollar question that we ask on every interview. Okay. If you had to pick a coast, West Coast or East Coast, which one would you pick? For duty station or for? Just for general. Anything. Yeah. Like you well, spent more time on the East Coast, so I would know it better. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, we'll take that. Or yeah, like, really so she was at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina, and North Carolina beaches are, are beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, they really, really are. I mean, North Carolina itself is a beautiful state. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So it's- I can... I can understand. Oh, it's okay. The Carolinas East Coast, even though I know they are. I'm like, Shh, do those really I'm good? headed for Rhode Island, New York, Boston, um, and DC, and some places in between. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I have a lot of family in New England. So if you ever make it up that way, like. Yeah. I, I, basically, um, there was a late summer tour that was supposed to start in DC and end in Boston. Oh. And I'm going to rebook that once things start coming back. To yeah, like as soon as you can. That'll be a good. That's a good little trip, though. Oh yeah, that, we're talking like a month yeah. and a half, two months. Yeah. The dog yeah. and I are on an adventure kind of thing. Let me know. I might come to Boston and see you because I love Boston. It's gonna be my first time to Boston, so I, I'm, I'm oh, you're excited. Have fun. Boston is a cool city for sure. Okay, so as much fun as you had while you were on active duty, eventually you do have to get out and you have to make that transition from being a Marine to being a civilian and a veteran. How was your transition? I, uh, when I got out, I, I was pregnant with my oldest. So I didn't do a lot of the things that we should like send out the resumes. Plan, you know, I, I stayed there around Camp Lejeune and delivered pizza. So, <laughs> and I have to say, delivering pizza on a base, I made great money. Oh, I bet. Of course, everything was a little more sexist back then, including pizza delivery. You know, I'd deliver it, and, and this one guy, was he answers the door at a hand towel. And he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't expect the pizza guy to be a girl. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's okay. Like, so I, I couldn't help it. When I left, I had to tell. 
<laughs> After that, um, there were like four barracks that would uh, request that I deliver the pizza because they just wanted to see who took Corporal such and such as tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I would recommend to the sisters getting out that about six months before they get out, you know, start hitting the resumes for where you want to go. Decide, do you want to go home? Because a lot of us, the reason we left is because we didn't see a future at home. We didn't see anybody able to guide us for a future at home. When I returned home, it was, oh, good, you're here. I got you a job at the restaurant. Well, isn't that what I left to avoid doing for the rest of my life? Right. Right. You know, and so when I did return home, I got into the rut that I was trying to get away from when I went in the Corps. And it took me a while to, you know, first, one, nobody believed I was a Marine. You know, I mean, yeah, I was 130 pounds, but I looked like I was 90. <laughs> you know? Um, so, they, yeah, sure. This job requires you picking up 100 pounds. Can you? Can you prove it for us, please? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I dealt with that. Yeah, watch this at, badassery. Right? Yeah. You know? And then I, that, I, I always did love watching that. Oh, sorry. I, okay. Because <laughs> that's usually how they reacted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, so I found a job that, you know, where they were just like, oh, you, you really come this way. We expect leadership out of you, you know, and I got more away from waiting tables and all of that because I don't have the patience to deal with people's stupidity anyway. <laughs> I was not a good waitress. I was just doing what I was led to do by the, you know, here, Billy Joe, I helped you out got you a job like you should be so thankful what led you into comedy I've always been a smart ass my my father had a great sense of humor and and he taught it to me and uh, be honest when I was at camp I was at Fatima and I saw comedy live for the first time and I was none of the guys of course were paying attention because this is a marine base there's like five women in the room and we're all just like wow she's awesome you know and i'm standing back there going i could do that i want to try that you know and that just stayed in the back of my brain forever that i wanted to be a comedian and when my kids were in high school and i wasn't you know neglecting the family or anything anymore i went and tried it and I liked it, and I just kept going. And in March, it will have been ten years since I tried it. That's so awesome. That's so. Awesome. God, I'm drinking to that. <laughs> ten years of comedy. Here's to live in your dreams. Years yes. Of comedy. Yes. Awesome. I love that. Absolutely. So that that kind of rolls us into our next question about how you're doing now. I am rocking it. I. Uh, Last year, I was on like 14 podcasts, four or five festivals, several radio programs, did a TV pilot. So 
And that was with COVID cancellations. Right? And you were still rocking it. And I got to do my first sold-out show on the Vegas Strip in November. That's so awesome. Yes. I mean, things are going pretty well for me right now. Was there a point from the time you got out and were stuck being a waitress to when you finally were able to pick up comedy where you were struggling to figure out what you were going to do with yourself? Oh, definitely. If I hadn't found my love of baking and, and gotten comfortable in, in the, the back of the house where I belong, then yes, I probably would have floundered a lot more. But I got in with this temp service down in Denver that just kept sending me on fun jobs. And I found that if I don't have to go to the same job every day, it's pretty fun to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go spend three weeks here, a week there, and that's how I ended up working at the stadium for a few seasons. And, you know. Uh, yeah, cool. that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Was right back to being S- S3 again. Oh, we need a body for this. We need a body for that. I'm, I'm the body. Right? <laughs> All your marine training came full circle, and that was <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel you there. Like sometimes that <laughs> would do the same thing every day. Like you need that diversity and that change and that constant movement when you come out. And, and let me tell you, um, the the lesson of uh, the shitty jobs go to the people who don't look busy. That pays off so well with a temp service. Yes. <laughs> I had this service that, you know, they started pulling this group and then they pulled that group. They just kept leaving me standing there waiting to get a, a job assigned to me. So I'm bored. I just start, you know, wiping down this table, sweep up this pile, just puts in, right? Okay. Fucking around. They sent me help. They forgot they hadn't gave me a job and sent me help. <laughs> this girl comes walking in there she's like they, they took me to help you and I went cool you know and just went back to fucking off you know she stood there watched me for about a half an hour she says I'm confused what are we doing wasn't well, it obvious we're fucking off <laughs> okay <laughs> so marine training has paid off in so many weird ways <laughs> I love that. I'm going to apply that to the rest of my life now. It's amazing how often people think I'm just such a hard worker just because I'm bored and fucking off. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you think I'm a hard worker? Cool. (laughs) We're hard workers. Billy Joe, if you had some advice for veterans that are either just getting ready to be veterans or those that may have been struggling for some period of time on their journey in the civilian veteran lifestyle, what kind of advice would you give them? Now, for for those who uh, feel like they're floundering, my best advice is volunteer with something that you, that you're passionate about. Get involved in what moves you. You'll find your path. You know, you'll get amongst your people, you know, and and you'll find the path that 
is right for you because you're where you belong. I love that. That's perfect. That couldn't have been said any better. It, it, it's it's the best way to find yourself. Yeah, I agree. Because what matters to me? Okay, I'll go volunteer with a group that helps with that. Yeah. And then you find yourself around people who are like-minded. And how would that not be the right path? Right. Yeah. And then you start building your network and your connections, and then you can go from there. And you find your your community. That's right. You find your people. I love that. Like every day, Amber and I on this podcast are finding our people. And <laughs> right, <laughs> we're thrilled about it for sure. Strong women do find each other. That's correct. <laughs> yes, because nobody else can stand us. <laughs> That's that here's to strong women and no one else being able to stand us. Right? <laughs> Sorry, you're scared. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a freaking man. Tomorrow or yesterday, Woo! but I'm going to keep doing it for the next couple of weeks. So, uh, <laughs> you yes, get on the program or you don't. Right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So, if our listeners wanted to connect with you or if they had questions or they were just interested in your path as a comedian, where can they find you? Okay. Um, I am on Twitter at GillespieBJ. I am on Instagram, Billy Joe Gillespie Comedy. My show is called Outhouse Comedy. And uh, I, I'm also on Facebook. I need to get on TikTok. Um, I, I can't remember my TikTok handle. Oh. Hold on just a second. My phone's right over there. Oh, okay. There she is. Got a TikTok handle? I'm looking at her Instagram. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> she's, she's creeping on your Instagram right now. Right on. I um at go, Billy Joe Gillespie. Oh, good. I didn't put anything funky on that one. At Billy Joe Gillespie. <laughs> on the ticky. And, and here's a cheat for spelling my last name because Ellis Island effect and everything. Gill is it's, high. Um, it's three words. Gill is high. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like it. If you can remember those words, you, 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 then the weird spelling doesn't trip you up. Yeah, I like it. I had a friend whose name was Lakeisha, and for the life of me, I could not ever spell her name right. I always mixed up the I and the E. And then someone was like, no, you just spell it Lake Isha. And I was like, oh, got this. For like... Five years of our friendship. Every year she had a birthday, I spelled her name wrong on the cake. Like, oh my. It became like a running joke. Oh, my. <laughs> Finally, a third party was like, it's just Lake and then Isha. And I was like, oh, I got it now. Right. Yeah. Blonde. What? It's not, it, it doesn't go by English rules? Yeah. Yeah, no, my blonde was definitely showing that day, and I was like, that I have a friend growing up that I, I cannot, I, I, I've tried a few times to spell her name, and I have always cracked her family up, so I don't even try anymore. Yeah. But in my defense, her name is Joko Bakuya. Oh. There's a little bit of French and a little bit of other in that name. Yeah. I don't even want to attempt it. Right? <laughs> Yeah, that's a rough one. It's called yeah. Joe. 
But let me tell you, when her aunt would get mad, it was so funny to watch, listen to her yell, you rant. <laughs> you try saying that, man. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to say it regular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bless her heart. Yes. Her teacher hated her. <laughs> she hated herself every time roll call came along. Right? It's like, but by high school, it was just Mo. Just please, no. <laughs> Don't bother. It's just Mo. <laughs> Scale Executive Search is a veteran-owned and operated search firm serving aerospace tech and startups. They've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job market, but also ensuring their candidates and clients are invested in not only their careers, but also themselves and their families. So Amber, do you want to take this opportunity to talk about our chosen charity for this podcast? Sure, Amanda. So on top of our continuous support for Till Valhalla Project, we have also chosen to support the Fallen Outdoors, which is a veteran organization that takes veterans hunting and fishing across the entire country. You can log in to their website. It's the fallenoutdoors.org and you'll put where you're at in the country and they will hook you up with someone to take you hunting or fishing outdoor activities with other veterans. And you don't have to be anything special other than have an honorable discharge with your DD-214. I am definitely going to share this to the Colorado female Marines. Yes. yes. I think my sisters need to hear this. Yes, yes. It's such a great program. And we love that you don't have to be a special kind of veteran to participate. Like you don't have to be a combat veteran. You don't have to have a special award. You don't have to be, um, uh, yeah. You, you we know. tried doing a rafting trip and one of the, one of the women that wanted to go reached out. She was like, Apparently, I'm not disabled. Yeah. Yeah. And this that's one of the reasons why Amanda and I, when we, we interviewed, her episode just recently came out. It'll yeah, show you how week. old our episode was. But Amy McNeely. Yeah, she and she, she discussed it. And that's when reading about it and looking into it. And just the fact that you all you have to do is be a veteran. Yeah. You don't have to qualify any other way other than the fact that you were honorably discharged. Exactly. Which is, we love that because that's what we support every day. Yes. Right. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. It's a great program. So definitely. And if you're, if your networking group, the, the lady Marines that you were talking about need a contact, like let us know, we'll hook them up with one. Yes. I, I certainly will. Yes. We have a very diverse group of, of uh, women, Marine veterans from all over Colorado in that group. And we do try to do things that everyone is eligible for. And that might be something that they could take y'all out on something and y'all are together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. However, in order for Amanda and I to um, support the Tilvala project, and the Fallen Outdoors, other than mentioning them on this podcast, is we do have merch for sale. Amanda will have the link in our show notes 
with the podcast where you can go. Uh, I know that there's t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, hoodies, tank tops, coffee cups. Yes. What else is there on there? Recently added face masks. Oh, and face masks. Yes. If you wear a face mask, you might as well wear one of ours. Yes. And so a portion of all of our sales from our merch do go to the Fallen Outdoors and Silver Hollow Project. We also have koozies and stickers, but you got to connect, contact us to get the hookup on those. Yes. Contact us directly if you are interested in a koozie or a sticker. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka. You can also now find us on YouTube at Veterans Drinking Vodka. And the neat thing about our YouTube channel, it is a very unscripted, it has all of our outtakes for each of our episodes. It's the full shit show of our podcast. Yes. So check us out on YouTube. We're getting that channel going. Uh, Or if you want to contact us privately, you can also contact us via email at veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com. Please reach out to Amanda and myself. If you would like to tell your story and be a guest on our podcast, um, you can send us an email or a direct message on any of the social media platforms. Also, if you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Pandora, or wherever you choose to listen to your podcast. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. It helps with the podcast algorithms to keep our ratings up and for us to be more visible to other veterans that may get good advice or might need to hear one of the stories of our fellow veterans. You can also join us every Sunday for Veterans After Hours via zoom we start that at 7 p.m central standard time we are hanging out telling stories sharing resources and meeting new friends we do have to put the disclaimer out there that this is an unscripted live veteran networking event so we do invite everyone active duty veteran or a civilian but we do have to remind you that it is live and unscripted and we have no control over the topics that are discussed in this networking environment (laughs) there's no filters nope none But one of the reasons why Amanda and I started this was not only to share veteran stories and to grow our community of fellow veterans, but to also bring about mental health awareness in veterans and the fact that 22 veterans kill themselves every day. And 22 is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers. Cheers.